And hello, good morning. Welcome to Rogue Grace Delayed Edition. I had to, I got to, and I had to say goodbye to my wonderful ladies. My wife, Amanda, my four beautiful daughters. As they're heading down to California for spring break. Not me, though. I'm done with California. (laughs) This is Peter John. Glad you're listening, if you're tuned in today. Because, well, for lots of reasons. First of all, it's another beautiful day that the Lord has made on this spring morning slash afternoon as the flowers are blossoming and the trees are blooming or vice versa. But uh, hey, today is Friday. That means it is the day we take your phone calls. If you have any thoughts, questions, it is free for all Friday, as we might call it. And so we're going to open up the phone lines for your thoughts, questions, comments on the Bible for KAPL. And I know some of you, like last week, sometimes will call in. You don't want to go on the air. You just want to call in the question. I don't know what I should do with that. What do you think we should do with such a calling situation well i can if you want um just take their question or what's going on and just pass it on to you if you want okay or we can just say you know if you don't have the courage (laughs) to call then we don't have the courage to answer (laughs) no let's do what you said you're much more gracious (laughs) so we'll call if you call and you don't want to go on the air i guess we can take your question but we would love to have you on the air. So the phone number is one 541 Here on KAPL, for Rogue Grace, it is free for you to call. We are glad that you are going to call because it is free for all Friday. And we'd love to hear your questions, comments, thoughts on the scriptures, on the Lord, on the Bible. Let's talk. We'll be right back. Pressed on My enemies are many and I'm weary But my voice will you hear in the morning Oh Lord, hear my cry Try 
or a shield about me Welcome back to KAPL. We are taking your phone calls here on Free For All Friday. That means the phone call is free. Yeah, we're not going to charge you. Even if you're calling from, let's say, Phoenix, Oregon, or Phoenix, Arizona. So give us your phone calls. We'd love to hear from you here today on this Friday so that we can discuss your heart, the Bible, the Lord, whatever it may be, right? Let's go to caller number one and talk to Shirley this morning. Shirley, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm so good. Good. And I'm just thanking God that you're so well. Yes, so am I. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be, it's good to feel good, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> the Lord is just so good. I was up this morning just 
you know, just really praying for different family members that are sick. One mm-hmm. is my nephew, who is uh, 37 years old, and he's got autoimmune disorders. I know all and about that. it's come into um, different ways. He was supposed to go to a nerve doctor this last week, and he wasn't able to make it. He was so ill, and he's just ill all the time. I mean, he just is constantly ill. And he does some little thing, and then he is vomiting, and he is just ill. And um, so, you know, I've wanted him to listen. I'm really glad that you have the new card out that he can... I don't know that he will. It's kind of like you get used to your situation, Mm -hmm. and you don't take advantage of God and of what he can do. And so I really thank God that you had that example out there. And it isn't a model like God is not going to do something just because you do this and this. Because I can remember sitting behind Loretta, and uh, she was dying with her cancer. Mm -hmm. And she turned around, she said, I just have to have enough faith. And I remember saying to her, you know what, God is the author and finisher of our faith. You are not in charge of that. You just get to believe in. You just get to receive what He does. And um, that's what I believe. I believe that God is going to work in each person's life, but I'm very grateful for what He's done in your life, and I'm very grateful to have you back in the Rogue Valley. <laughs> Surely that's awesome. But that you that you say that, it really is sweet. And, you know, um, it says in Ephesians, as as you know, that we are saved by grace through faith, and that is not even of ourselves. No. Isn't that? So what you're saying is completely backed up by the writings of Paul, for example, where he says, even that faith, he says, is a gift from God in Ephesians yes. chapter 2. So when we pray for um, your son or others for faith, we're praying that God would give them the gift of faith because it's not something we conjure up or something that it's up to us, just like anything else. Without God, we have no faith. Right. So it's a gift. And that's kind of, it's good to realize that it's refreshing when we know we can pray for him, for your son, a gift. And it's not up to him, it's up to God. And that's fine with me. You know what I mean? It's absolutely fine. It's <laughs> can, absolutely fine. Can I, can you, can, might you give me your, your son's first name so I can pray for him um, he is, right now? He's my nephew. Oh, your nephew. His, okay. His name is Eric. Okay. I'm going to pray for Eric, your nephew. Father, um, I know exactly what Eric is going through with autoimmune and being 37. As Lord, that's right around my age. Mm-hmm. And I know how it feels at this age to go through that. And Lord, I pray that you would give him a peace in the midst of his storm. Yes. Even as you have, when I needed it, given me the peace in the midst of the storm. And Lord, I need that peace right now. We all do. And so... Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you that you don't just give peace. You are the peace, the shalom that we're looking for. So, Lord God, healer of the nations, Lord God, Savior of 
our souls. I pray that even at this moment, your shalom would be poured down upon Eric. Yes. Body and soul and spirit, that you would draw him into your presence in the midst of this illness. And then also, oh Lord, you would heal his body. Mm, you would, yes. you would, you would take away the pain that he is going through and the illness that he is now in. Lord, that is my prayer. And I don't pray it in my authority, but in the name of Jesus, give him shalom in Jesus name. Amen. 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 We agreed. And so be it. It is so. so thank you so <laughs> thank much. You, and God bless you. Thank you. He just did. I appreciate talking to you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. So we're taking your phone calls here on Rogue Grace, 541-899-5275. We'd love to hear from you about whatever it is God is placing on your heart. And we won't even charge you for the phone call. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Rogue Grace on this free for all Friday. That means we'd love to take your phone calls at 541-899-8732. That's the Applegate Christian Fellowship phone number. I meant to say 899-5275, otherwise known as 541-899-KAPL. What's your thought? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What do you want to discuss from about God today? Love to with you. Now, the prophet Isaiah is talking about that entity, that one who is known as the God, or I should say, the leader, the God lowercase g, the false God, the want-to-be God, known as Lucifer. In Isaiah chapter 14, he says, O Lucifer, verse 12, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. O morning star, he is called here, who has fallen from heaven. The Hebrew word for this term, morning star, is Lucifer, literally light bearer. One who bears, one who brings light. Really? That's the name of Lucifer? Yeah, as you know, it is a pseudo-false light. The book of Revelation tells us, I, Jesus, have sent my angels to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the oils and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Jesus is the true morning star. Satan is the pseudo morning star. He gives the impression there is light and people buy into it. The flesh buys into it. And then one finds it is false. There is darkness. There is depravity. There is divorce. There is difficulty and death. So, this one, Lucifer, means, ironically enough, light bearer. And so, I'm just pointing that out right now to say, if there's something that is like light to you, and you know it's wrong, but man, it just seems so light bearing It seems so glowing. Yeah. The very name Lucifer means just that. And then the the man, the writer Isaiah writes, Lucifer said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will set enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. 
I will send above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Now, it's safe to say that even not only Christians, but Americans, the studies have shown, the polls have revealed that the majority of us do believe there is a devil. But I'm here to tell you right now, it's not your husband. There is one who is truly a pseudo, a false light bearer. And on one hand, we don't want to focus on him too much. I mean, the Bible only makes passing references about this light bearer called Lucifer. Okay, so we don't want to focus on him or always talk about him. Some people, some churches, some Christians, it seems to me, do. I don't know why. I certainly would rather focus on the true light than the false. On the other hand, though, we can't deny his existence. When you see poverty perversion, sickness, war, sadness, sin. And yet he'll do his very best to distract you from knowing God and considering even him. He doesn't want to be the focus of your attention if he knows that you're not going to worship him. So he'll do his best to distract you from worshiping God. Through being hungry, sleepy, cell phones, whatever. Now, here in Isaiah, he is referred to secondhand because Lucifer, it says his name, Latin is the morning star or the shining one, right? The light bearer. But he's only in the second person being spoken of and to here. The first person spoken of is the king of Babylon. So it's only a second-hand reference to his entity, his being, after it's speaking of the king of Babylon in this text. And yet it explains the evil of this world. There is no explanation. It goes beyond the king of Babylon or the king of Egypt or the tyrant in North Korea, the government of China, the president of the United States. There's evil in this world and there's no other explanation than this Lucifer. There will be one day soon a thousand years of peace here on earth. You know why? There will be no war, no disease, no death because during those 1,000 years 
Lucifer will be banished. Yes, he will come back for a a moment after those 1,000 years, but then he'll be sent into the abyss. He'll be sent into the bottomless pit forever and ever. Wherever Lucifer is banished, there is peace. May he be banished out of your thoughts. May he be banished out of your marriage. May he be banished out of your home, out of your work, out of our church. May he be banished. May he not be flirted with. May he not be tolerated. May he be banished. Then you will have heaven on earth where his presence is not. There's only God that is heaven. Jesus taught us to pray, did he not? Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Now, in conclusion, this scripture from Isaiah Speaking of Lucifer begins by saying how you have fallen from a heaven. He has fallen. He's not what he used to be. (laughs) Whatever that was, he's not that any longer. He is defeated. He is crushed. He's working out of disability. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. The true bright and morning star. Don't let anything else, anyone else, spiritual or fleshly, distract you from keeping your eyes on the genuine, authentic morning star. His name is Jesus. Give us a phone call. 899-KAPL. And we'll be right back.
The woman caught in the act of adultery. What do you think? What caught her into that jam, right? I mean, what made her so desperate to commit adultery? She's married to someone else. It's the same answer that you might be thinking of why you committed adultery or someone you know committed adultery. She went through that as well. Only then, in the time that she did that, in John chapter 8, it was punishable by death according to the law. It was a capital offense. Now, by the time of Jesus, because it was so detrimental, because the punishment was death, it was very rare that someone actually was punished for adultery. There had to be two or more witnesses. It wasn't not based on circumstantial evidence in other words, it had to be eyewitness account. Now, how often is a person busted for adultery by an eyewitness account? Not too often. So they often would throw out the case because they didn't have these things. In fact, we're told that they threw out one case because the accusation of adultery underneath a tree the accusers could not agree on the leaves of the tree. And so it was said in the writings of the rabbis, if punishment of death was carried out more than once every seven years for the act of adultery, if, you, if more than one person died every seven years, because they committed adultery, that they were wrong. The court system was in error. So they had to catch a person in the act. That means that this woman in the gospel of John was caught in the very act. The question is, as you know, she's brought to Jesus, right? By the Pharisees who wanted to trap Jesus. Where was the dude? Where was the man? Obviously, he's not even around. Entrapment was taking place. She was the bait. Jesus was their target. They wanted him in a place where how could he any longer teach the law and yet still be a friend of sinners? How would he now choose between mercy and morality. Would he have to now say, it doesn't sound right, right? Come unto me and I will have you executed. That's what the law said about this woman. They wanted Jesus to have to say that. It's the same dilemma we can face as Christians so often. Compassion or mercy? It feels like there can be a dilemma there. Moral integrity at the expense of compassion. And I know Christians that have allowed the pendulum to swing 
too far one way or the other between the two. So let's look at what Jesus does here. He writes on the ground, as you know. Literally, he wrote against catagraphane. This is the only instance of Jesus writing in the Bible. He does not say she's not guilty. He simply says to the Pharisees, you're not qualified to judge her. In the course of each one of your lives, you have disqualified yourself. This speaks to my heart right now. There are people all around me that are guilty. When I turn on the news in my neighborhood, in my church. And the Lord is not saying that they're not guilty. He is saying to me, you're not qualified to be the judge and the jury. (laughs) In the course of your life, Pete, you have disqualified yourself. And you find, don't you? I do. The longer you live, the less rocks you have to throw. And then they walk away and Jesus says, woman, where are your accusers? That's the same term he used for his own mother when he says, woman, gune, beautiful. And now that there were no witnesses, you have to have two or more, right? Technically, even Jesus could not condemn her, but even more deeply, he would not condemn her on the cross Jesus was stripped of his clothes to cover her. So like this woman, when it comes to sin, I am guilty and I am loved. Here's the gospel. If you say you're all right, then you are condemned, but vice versa. If you say you are condemned, then you are all right. As my dad pointed out, it comforts the disturbed and it disturbs the comfortable. That's what the gospel does. Many ways we can do the same. We can comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable, whether it's our kids, our friends, through the gospel. (laughs) You are wrong. And you are not condemned. We can say to those who are not comfortable, to those who are disturbed, and to ourselves as well. And yet we can also say to the person who says, I am not condemned, you are wrong. The gospel allows us to do this, the gospel alone. Now, Jerome who translated the Bible into Latin in the year 400. Jerome included this passage of John 8 in his Latin translation of the Bible. But many people, many commentators over the centuries have said that this was not initially in the Gospel of John. Many scholars place this in Luke chapter 21. Because the style of writing is more similar to Lucan writing technique. And some conclude the only way Luke could find out this whole story 
was because through his investigation, it was talking to this woman. She was changed. She indeed went, she indeed, I should say, went her way and sinned no more. So the question is, how do I change? Like the old David Bowie song, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-changes, right? When things that are lined up accusing you drop their rocks one by one, you will change when it is through Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. I was adrift and I had nowhere to go. I was hanging by threads of dust and bone. Every angel I knew was singing, Son, come home. But the melody was hard to sing along. Oh God, you're my deliverer. God's grace 
one hour at a time. Thank you, oh Lord, that you have grace for me in this hour. And he has it for each of us that are focused not on our own selves, but upon Jesus and the finished work that he has accomplished. I need God's grace one hour at a time. And I pray that you will feel the same. Somebody called in earlier about the gratitude they have for my health at this point, And I am grateful as well. Like many of you, I could say in a sense, I've been to hell and back in a sense, but his grace has seen me through. When I was tuned in and full of prayer, he saw me through. When I was tuned out, when I couldn't hear his voice, he saw me through. He is a gracious God. Praise be to our God of grace, who is holy, who lacks nothing, who is altogether beautiful and has made us one with him through his son, Jesus Christ. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for tuning in. You can check out my website, peterjohncorson.com. I'll be writing on that today. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday here at the Applegate Christian Fellowship. Services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, right? Right? Right, right on. God bless.